Hello nerds and ne'er-do-wells, it's AJ here, and welcome back to another episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fuck-nuggetry. Now usually, you'd join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails and play Dungeons and Dragons, but this week is a bit of a coup. We've only gone and landed a bloody guest. That's right. Chris Neal, the voice of Tatty Bojangles and myself, sat down with the multi-talented content creator, voice actor, improv comedian, and all-round good guy, that is Callum Lee, and we picked his brains on all things TTRPG. Now, you may know Callum better as C. Lee D&D on the socials, where he can often be found supporting content creators, or from his myriad of appearances on some of your favourite real-play D&D podcasts, such as Goblins Hollow. But hell, you didn't come here to listen to me prattle on now, did you? So without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join us for a very special Adventurers Anonymous interview. Please enjoy. There you go, we're live. And that just means a big welcome from Adventurers Anonymous to our first ever guest. Yes, we've never had a guest before. Seely D and D, is that right? That is correct. That is me. Check it out. We did some research. Nice. It's not Clee D and D, is it? It's Seely. You can call me whatever you want to call me. Clee D and D is probably catchier, to be honest. But Seely D and D, yeah, go for it. So, just a bit of uh, context for our listeners: how we came across Mister Lee. No relation to Sarah Lee, the cake magnet, presumably. Um, not that I know of. Unless on due a massive fortune coming my way from the the cake empire, that is. The massive Black Forest Gatto cake empire. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, we've already gone off topic. Typical. <laughs> Guys, we need to get this shit back on the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this shit back on the road. We always refer to you as our biggest fan because certainly <laughs> you were most notably our, our first and biggest advocate on the internet. And it was really nice to have someone who oh. kind of championed our cause who liked all of our posts, no matter how clunky they were. So we've been saying for a long, long, long time now that we'd love to get you on the podcast, pick your brains a little bit, and compare our experiences. It's very kind and happy to do so, no problem. Wonderful. So just for our listeners, uh, do you want to give us a, a sort of a, a bit of a brief intro on yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, my real name is Cal, and uh, yeah, I'm a... TTRPG entertainer, comedian. I'm going to do an air quotes. You can't see it because this is audio, but that's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I voice actor as well. So I do a lot of voiceovers and things like that for various promotional materials. Uh, I like to think that I'm sort of a, well, I don't want to say pillar of the community because that is just, that is way over hyping it. But like I, I try and do as, as much as I can for TTRPG people on twitter mainly um because everyone does like such amazing work you guys included um you know so there's a lot of people out there that um need a boost i don't have the biggest following just yet but every little helps doesn't it don't sue me tesco please but, um, <laughs> it's all right we, we at this point we could be sued by the philippines Sarah Lee, like there are there are so many different people who we've infringed copyright of in our podcast. <laughs> Pretty sure, like Elton John and his his estate uh, do like a legal case against us now. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure we got mentioned in like one of the last couple of episodes. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. We we've had Thomas the Tank Engine. We've had we've had everything. You don't want Thomas the Tank Engine turning up at your house, believe you me. That is the stuff of <laughs> nightmares right there. 
<laughs> you don't want that railroad empire on you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so bringing it back to what you were saying, we very much see you as like an avuncular character in the D&D community. You, you very much feel like the, the uncle of, uh, he's always got a kind word, always enthusiastic and uh, motivating. And, and that was really good for us to see. Like, this is a new thing for both me and Chris. Neither of us have done a podcast before, nor have any of the other people who appear in our campaign. And we were just blown away by the level of community and the warmth of the people around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and we really felt that you personified that and were kind of super keen to, to, to chat to you. That's Again, very kind. And yeah, you're right. It is a global thing. Um, working on something right now called Homebrew Havoc. I don't know if you guys have seen that on Twitter. Uh, but me and, um, Paul Ampersand D20 is, um, he's going to be the DM for it. And he's, he's brilliant as well. Uh, and that is very much taking what you just said there is, is a global community full of really, you know, imaginative, talented people, uh, really creative and, Let's just get, I thought, well, we thought just get them all together and do as much as we can, you know, using people's maps uh, that they've made, like all homebrew races, classes for D and D monsters, all of this stuff and, um, put it all in one place for, uh, an actual play, um, using stuff from all over the community. So the idea was like a hundred percent homebrew thing all the while giving people who work hard, who, hope you know want to make a career out of it just give them a shout out this map was done by so and so uh you know this monster created by so and so and that's the idea because um you know uh there's a lot of hard-working people out there deserve a shout out again you guys included (laughs) very kind of you so what kind of time scale are we looking at is this is in its early infancy or it the first episode is in two weeks' time. Um, I believe it's March 10th is the first episode um, of it. But it's going to be an ongoing thing. We're always talking to people. Uh, we're looking to get, you know, as as it progresses and uh, get some guests on. Brilliant. We're extend that invite out to you guys as well. If you guys want to come on, um, if you want Tati Bojangles to come on and cause some havoc, um, yeah, that would be brilliant. <laughs> Everyone needs a little sad boy gnome. Oh yeah, this yeah. is it's, it's fitting. He'd fit right in. So, <laughs> but we, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's it's. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's going to be good. If people want to get involved in that, how do they go about that? Do they reach out to you or D20 or um they can reach out to me or, or paul ampersand d20 on twitter uh, so i'm at c lee d and d yes yeah, so you can come reach out to us we've got a discord server as well nice there's always people talking uh typing each other up sharing this that and the other over twitter and um uh you know helping each other out if people oh, can't quite come up with this for this idea and stuff it's a really good little community we've built up on on the on the server as well so uh if you want access to that contact me on twitter that's where you'll find me most of the time or through cleednd.com which is also live um, that. so there's clips and videos of funny things going on and uh voiceover work that i do on there and all sorts of stuff so uh, yeah check it out that's phenomenal that's brilliant so in all of that do you still find time to play? 
Do you find time to DM? Do you do either of those bits? And yeah, I, I haven't DM for a while, actually, um, because I found, you know, DMing, as you know, AJ, is a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of work. And um, sometimes you just want to kick back and cause some chaos and um, be a player. Um, I, I'm really loving being the player now, getting to flex the voice acting style of things, trying out all sorts of accents. And luckily all my characters, I say luckily, and I mean luckily, my characters keep dying. So I keep getting to try out new new accents and things all the time and new ideas. <laughs> See, but for most people playing D&D, that's a bad thing. But if you like doing all sorts of characters and things, bring it on. Keep that train going and, uh, you know, keep trying out new ideas. So what happened to Hamish? Is Hamish still about? Is he with us? Uh, he Was that spoilers? It is a, it is a bit spoilers. That um, I will say that, that um, because that, that's with the Goblins Hollow guys, and they um, were having a brief break at the moment. Uh, just just to sort of get things sorted out, get some upgrades going on, and uh, uh, do that, and just maybe maybe even add in a player or two. Who knows? Um, and um, but th- that's on a, a brief hiatus just for now. And in terms of Hamish, that couldn't have happened at a worse time because he's got a lot going on. Um, <laughs> he is. Um, I will just say it because he is currently lost in the void. Yeah. In, in that, um, so we don't know whether he's dead or alive. Um, so that's interesting, uh, but it's given me a chance to play another character called Barnabas, who's totally different. You left Hamish in like the biggest cliffhanger of his life, and you're just like, yeah, it's fine, I'll go play someone else. Yeah, but, but you know, that's that's the D&D will always, it'll never stay on the, the path you want it to, as you well know. So he had like a trial coming up and all sorts of things um, that he was going to get. Uh, but then, yeah players being players just went yeah we'll go that way instead for now and it just ended up down this whole rabbit hole mm. but that's part of D and that's part of the fun of it you never know what's going to happen and uh, i've got to be honest um in terms of actual plays and stuff that i listen to with you guys my god there's like <laughs> it's 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 wonderfully <laughs> here there and everywhere you know <laughs> I mean, I must be honest, right? And that's really lovely for you to say, and we totally appreciate it. I come from a background of improv. Yeah. And so making stuff up on the spot is my happy place. So I have to find this happy medium between having an idea of where I want to go. And I've had weeks where I've scripted things and I've written tight narrative. And then these fuckers will literally turn up and within three sentences divert the course of what we're trying to do. And I have to decide what's more important, the two hours worth of content I've written or the big smile on these guys' face. And I always go for the big smile. Absolutely. And do you know what? If you're putting a smile on their faces, more than likely you're putting a smile on the people that are listening to it. And I, I think, think I so. can say that for sure. It's, mm. it's good fun. Um, I, I mean... More cow milking. I think I've said that to you over Twitter. <laughs> you know, the more cow mil- milking, the better, because that, that shit is hilarious. You have that to, was... like, there's, I think there's a point in that episode when, <laughs> when AJ said it, like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do something about the pressure that's building up in this cow's udders. And I, like, obviously you can see it because it's an audio format, but I was just like, oh, <laughs> I know what I have to do. You don't have to say it again. Me with my little fucking, stubby gnome fingers like this <laughs> having to like try and milk a cow i expected it to go terribly oh it, it was so funny i mean it was just I, like <laughs> and, and i think and, and your description of it aj as well was like um 
the cow spaffed. <laughs> like, oh my god! I uh, uh, I've always been very lucky that I've got. Uh, uh, my imagination has always served me well in that sense. And I feel like, and we'll probably get into this, some of our later questions. D and D is this beautiful place, like a sandbox where you can try out ideas and you can, you know, if you've got something funny or a concept and it feels right in the moment, you can do it. I think a lot of that depends on having the right people around you. And I feel like the luckiest guy in the world sometimes because I've managed to attract four or five people who are very much of a mind. And I know, and you might be able to, you know, from your experiences, you're in far more campaigns than we are. People tend to go down different avenues. There's kind of people who are very much into the canon and the law and the rules. And then there's people like us who are very much the rule of cool. And, the you know, Chris has to constantly correct me on the rules. And because I've got excited about some narrative point or something. I mean, he makes it sound like I'm some fucking expert. I mean, this is the first campaign I've ever played in. Like, my only experience is from watching, like, Critical Role and from watching Dimension 20 and stuff like that. But, I mean, if, you know, if if you've watched a lot of, like, actual play stuff, I think you you get a very good, like, grasp of the rules. Yeah, you do. As you go go along. It's super easy. I don't really know all the rules all that well, to be honest. I don't know anyone who knows all of the rules. I think that's impossible, especially when you start introducing homebrew and stuff, which is what I do most of. Um, You know, as long as everyone's having fun, you know, the rule of cool is is the most important rule, surely. I think if everyone's having fun and, like you say, got a smile on your face, then um, that's a big tick, you know? I think it is for me, certainly. And we've never had anyone like ring in or write in and be like, oh, I think you're fine. Don't. Right in <laughs> to, the, to the Adventurers Anonymous family office. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've got a contact form. Um, we've got a PO box don't. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's always been the sweet spot for us. Yeah. Um, right. So tell us a bit about voice acting. So it's something I've always been curious about. It seems to be something I know I, I, I heard, did our research. You said in um, one of your previous interviews that you, you haven't watched much critical role. I don't know whether that's changed since you did that interview, but they seem to be predominantly from a voice acting community. And that seems to lend itself quite well to D and D. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And no, I haven't watched that much more critical role. <laughs> I, because they got that um, third campaign going on now. And um, I think life gets, I, I do a lot of, I play a lot of D&D and, um, I, you know, I spend most of my time playing it or recording it or, you know, other things as well. So I'd love to be able to sit and watch it, but I found after a couple episodes or so that, life got in the way, you know, I, you know, I've got, I've got a, a nine to five as well as all of everything else going on. Um, I would love to sit down and, and, and watch it all. Cause I know, I know there's a reason why it's so good. And, and, and they've got that animated show on Amazon mm. now. And mm. it, it, you know, that, that blows my mind. That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, I mean, that's sort of half an hour or so, I, I, I guess. So I might yeah. jump into that and get a, a better yeah. idea of what they do. But I know they are so well loved and, um, I, I have to try and find the time to do it. And, but to be honest, part of me kind of goes, I'd rather, I don't know. I, I think I'd rather 
play or be yeah. involved in something or and the beauty of your guys you know because you're, you're the audio podcast you know um i've always got some headphones on and i'm you know listening to this that and the other um whereas that i think it's more of a, like a, a sit down and watch sort of thing it is um, yeah they have like watch parties and stuff don't they that, you know where people yeah. join streams and all watch it together and stuff like that which is amazing you know having that that community from it but being a a busy, busy boy like me, you know, I'd love to chuck on a pair of headphones and listen to some absolute chaos, mm. which is, um, I have to say, what you provide very well. So, um, <laughs> very kind of you. That's very, I think that's a review in itself. We might use that as an air quote. You're more, yeah, than, yeah. more than welcome to. Absolute chaos. I was looking for absolute chaos, and by God, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so to your point that you were making, one of the interesting things, actually, for me, Critical Role kind of got me a little bit nostalgic back in the day and got me back into it because I dabbled a little bit. I didn't play D&D as a kid, hmm. but instead we had a friend of mine had this giant tome of a book that was like a Star Wars tabletop role-playing kind of game. Um and we had a few, we had this one wonderful summer where we just sat around his dining table and played the equivalent of a Star Wars version of D&D. And then I didn't play it again for like most of my adult life. Mm. And then always been a massive nerd, but it was Critical Role that kind of went, ooh, yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. they kind of put it, did they make it cool? Is it, is it, is it all right to say that? Did they make the it cool? In the know. same way that Game of Thrones probably made, you know, fantasy, Accessible. I don't I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. when I was a kid, I was like, well, I say a kid. When I was a teenager, it was like, yeah, I always loved like fantasy stuff, like Final mm. Fantasy. I remember this game I used to play on a PS One called Dragon Valor, which is like this Oof. really shitty like uh, platform come RPG where you travel through time and kill dragons. It was crap, but it was awesome. You know, it was it was killing dragons and, and, and time travel. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing, and I, I don't know. I, I guess it's quite rare because no one's ever heard of it. Either that, or I've dreamt of it. I've been a, I've been an advocate of the PlayStation since the PS One. I've played a lot of random sci-fi and fantasy games, but that one that one eludes me. So, what was your what was your first fantasy TTRPG kind of experience? What's your earliest memory of of fantasy and geekdom? If you had to reach into your hmm, in terms of TTRPGs, is a difficult one because it was probably dungeons and dragons to be honest just like yeah. a slightly earlier edition i wouldn't i wouldn't even know what edition it was because i was more concerned with making jokes and showing off and, and trying to kill things so i don't think it would have mattered what edition it was but um, sounds like another adventurous anonymous review <laughs> <laughs> but look we're you're having having fun back then and um yeah, I mean, uh, when I was younger, like I say, I, I was I was more concerned with like skateboarding and stuff like that. When it was because it used to be, you know, like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two and stuff was, uh, and um, yeah, I, I was I thought of myself as like a cool skater skater mm. dude, and people were, you know, if I started playing Dungeons and Dragons at that age, people were like, "Oh, what are you doing playing Dungeons and Dragons?" I thought you were like a skater dude, but now that that sort of veil's lifted now, and um, the, you know, I've, I've embraced nerdum full on and making the most of it absolutely um, i remember one time we played the star wars ttrpg at school and uh, we were supposed to be outside at break time and we were all indoors in one of the classrooms playing it and the teacher walked in and we were all like huddled over a desk with books and bits of paper and dice and stuff and the teacher's like what are you doing i swear to god we probably told him we were like smoking or something like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we're, 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 yeah we're dealing drugs 
Yeah. Another god. We're definitely not playing D&D. We won't play D&D, I swear. I'm yeah. telling you <laughs> that's, that's really cool to hear. So it's, it's sort of been a bit of a lifetime thing for you. Did you, did you play with your family or your, your friends? It was some friends you? and... Yeah, it's always awkward being a teenager, uh, like trying to find your group. And yeah. I guess you don't really find the proper group or, or, you know, people who really matter until later in life. And mm. uh, then you find groups of people. And lucky enough, like the online community now is is amazing. And it's so easy to find like-minded people um, who are willing to roll dice with you. And uh I could put a tweet out now and you know, I could have a game going by tomorrow. And that's amazing to me because I think if that would never have happened and I would never have walked out into a street and gone, who wants to play D and D because I would have, <laughs> you know, but that's essentially like a mad town crier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's outside <laughs> again. Oh no. You Lying know. on the pavement, rolling dice. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So, so just for the listeners, uh, cause I know it's something that comes up a little bit and I see it. People ask, you know, I want to play D and D. I want to be. What's your advice to people who may not know anyone or um, are curious to learn or dip their toe in or something like that? It's a lot more accessible than it used to be. Um, there, there's a lot out there. Um, I, I know there's places like Geek Retreat, which are like a, a, a UK wide uh, shop come community place where you can they organize events and things like that um there's board game cafes everywhere chance encounters shout out to the one in cardiff i love that place i'd never leave if they if they uh didn't close. <laughs> and um yeah i i, I guess twitter has been a, a a big boon in that respect like it's you know as soon as you voice like how much you love it someone else will come along and go oh i love it too and then you can strike up a conversation that, you know, before the days of the internet, everyone was a bit more reserved, weren't they? And um, yeah. it was harder to find like-minded people for fear of being, um, you know, ostracized or pushed pushed away or hidden. You'd have to go into teletext. Yeah. Type in, you'd not. There must have been, yeah, like, um, imagine that, like D&D on, was it CFAX? CFAX, <laughs> which is going to translate really well to our American listeners and people <laughs> in the Philippines and Romania. CFAX, uh, yeah, was, was the ancient predecessor of the internet on the television. Yeah. CFAX, I think, was owned by the BBC, wasn't it? I think so. I can neither confirm or deny, unfortunately. A really primitive version of the internet on your TV where you banged in numbers mm. and it brought up pages. There were 999 pages. You could do everything from book a holiday to read jokes, get the football scores. And I think there was even dating. If you were that way inclined, you could try and find a date in um, 24-bit colour. Yeah, so bring back CFAX. Let's do it. The campaign starts now. Forget Homebrew Havoc. Let's go, let's do a, <laughs> let's, let's get C-fax CFAX dating on the CFAX.com. There you go. There's a campaign yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll work that out. So one of the things I wanted to, to, to pull out from what you just said, one of the reasons we started playing um, – was so chris had originally said to me we'd started working together at an agency a design agency and um chris had come up to me and said i know you have played D, and i know you can dm and i've got a group of friends and i think you'd watched harmontown harmon quest yeah bit of both to be fair yeah listening to listening to harmontown watching harmon quest and like you know seeing D D represented in like popular media and stuff that was the only way that i'd experienced it 
Um, so we we'd had an idea in our heads that at some point we'd we'd try and get a little D and D campaign going, and then AJ started working at the agency where well where we both used to work, um, and I think we were we were out for like a like a uh, drinks night or something, and I think you brought it up organically. Uh, and then, um, and then it got me thinking about it and I was like, I think that was a few months before COVID hit. Um, oh, that recently. Wow. Okay. So, well, it was a few, it was a good few years back. So they asked me, can you do us a one shot or the equivalent of, and I thought, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to lose a work colleague. He's going to lose all his friends. Let's just do it. Cause that's the kind of person I am. I think <laughs> I, I, I should have more fear. But I'd like, I love I love improvising, and I think I just thought this is brilliant. Why not? And I'd recently fallen out the bottom of another campaign I was in. Um, I'd been in a relationship with somebody. We'd both been in a campaign, and then we'd split up. And you, it's not just pets and houses you have yeah. to split up in a long term relationship. You had to split the campaign. Magic That's items too, man. You got to split all those assets. <laughs> I oh. lost my campaign, and I was a bit like, oh man. Yeah, if, if you're going to marry someone uh, you play D&D with, you've got to put magic items in that prenup, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, Chris had turned up at the right time and said, do you want to play? So we did a one shot. And then actually, because COVID hit, it was the ideal tonic for us, um, as you said, of bringing people together. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like I say, I've met people playing online more than I would have done if I, like I say, walked down the street and shouted who wants to play D&D or people just just embraced it so so much it was amazing to see and always had an interest in um in it and played it prior but everyone just as soon as lockdown hit it became the ultimate form of escapism didn't it and it became yeah, like this 100%. this you know you you're locked in your house but you're exploring all kinds of different worlds to put it in a very cheesy way but it's true it's very true no no i think i think it's true and um you know, from what you see on the internet, it really, I think as one of the reasons it's had such a resurgence is because, you know, when you're stuck between four walls and you can't go anywhere for health and safety reasons, mm-hmm. you know, your mind is your greatest asset. And it, it is interesting to see people people play it on all sorts of different levels. I'm sure there's people who, who feel they don't have great imaginations who are just in it for the companionship. Yeah. But for me, certainly, I can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can, it might, it's really as as far as my imagination can take me. And I think it, it was such a, a powerful tool in surviving COVID and, and lockdown. And I know it's been touched on before and you've touched on it on some of your other interviews you've done, but as a, as a tool for promoting good mental health practices and things like that, I think it's been a phenomenal, a phenomenal thing. I'll say it straight then. So, I mean, uh, and I have mentioned this on um, an interview um, before, uh, but it was the first time I said it publicly, but I'm more than happy to say it again, uh, just because the community's, you know, there's no judgment there is um, I've got pretty bad OCD. So I, I, um, you know, you'll, I'm always overthinking things and, Mm. you know, it will take up all of my day. And as I've said previously, when I'm playing D and D, don't have it it is gone and it is i'm just lost in the world rather than the ocd side of my head and uh like i said i would just encourage anyone to do it if you've got um you know if, if you can take yourself away from you know the, uh, the harshness of life 
Mm. So to, to go on a serious note here, I couldn't recommend TTRPG or especially D&D, you know, highly enough because it is, it, it's just amazing. There's nothing, there's no better form of escapism on planet Earth, I swear. Yeah, no, I, I would strongly agree with you, with you on that. And I think it's lovely seeing people lose themselves in escapism and, and actually, ironically, I did a job interview recently and um, they asked me, you know, they always get those throwaway questions. You, you study all the source material for your job interview and they'll ask you a personal question. You're like, oh, crap. And they said, what are you most proud of? Or tell us something. And before I could think about it, <laughs> blurted out, we've got this community, you know, we brought this community of D&D players together through COVID. And once a week, everyone can put down their job, they can put down their worries, their stresses, the bills, and they can step into another skin, another character, and it's a safe space. Presuming the people are, you know, you've you've cultivated a safe space of people you trust. And it and it's a and it's a lovely tonic for people. And we had a an internal QA ourselves, which hasn't quite gone out yet, but by the time the listeners listen to this, it probably will. And it was lovely listening to all the different characters saying, I play this aspect of my character because this of what goes on in my life. Mm. And I thought they just did it because it was fun. Or cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you were, I think you were a bit shocked by uh, mine and uh, Matt's answers. Uh, Matt is the guy that plays Belsiar, the um, dragonborn sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was saying, yeah, I mean, D and D is like to put it really simply, you get out of it what you what you put into it. So what's amazing to me is that I can be sat here with uh other Chris who plays Honash, who lives around the corner from me. So we always do the we always like he always comes around for the episodes on Thursdays. And for him, playing Honash, he's in, you know, my read is that it's just like a crazy form of escapism for him in that he can just play a fantastically like chaos driven character who will do some of the weirdest shit but is like is driven by some like almost like a not a moral code but like a code of actions that lies underneath everything no one's quite figured out what it is yet i don't think he's quite figured out what it is yet but like for me it's really interesting because he like he can sit right next to me and just be like i don't know pounding the face off this fucking gnome or something and i'm and tatty like i'm playing tatty through the lens of i'm exploring aspects of my mental health through a character who is you know who's struggling with some pretty difficult ptsd um so i get to explore that without kind of cutting too close to the bone i guess it's like a different aspect of the same of the same issues i guess so it's it's wild to me that we can both have these different kind of different experiences of it just based on what we want to get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, I mean, that's amazing. Uh, and yeah, that's exactly what it offers. I, I, I can't really say much more than that. It's, um, it's escapism. It helps. And I mean, like I say, when I first started it, it, uh, playing D and D, it was kind of like, oh, it's an opportunity to show off and and use comedy and and be funny. But you're right, it, it goes deeper than that. It definitely does. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great way to have a laugh and uh, and do that. And it, as I used to be, show off and you know all that all that stuff and and flex voice acting and stuff. But deep down, you know, you're right. It's um, 
it's a way to, like you say, have a shield, almost using your imagination as a shield and this world as a bubble to mm. to really explore um, what's going on inside and uh, do it that way. So yeah, that's 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 really quite that's hard hitting, but it's true. That that that's Ooh. it's amazing. It really is. And um, yeah, long may it continue. And I hope that everyone else uh, out there listening can um, you know they probably. I hope I hope they're nodding their head, going, "Yeah, I'm doing that too." Because mm. um, that means they're helping themselves. Um, I think the lovely part of it is, and, and obviously, I, I I've become a DM over the years. Originally, like most people, you start off as a player, and I just had one voice. And and these days, I sometimes feel jealous of the players because I'm everything, and you know, all voices and and whatever. But it, I can't tell the difference, and that's the beautiful thing. I think people forget that sometimes. I can't tell the bits of Tatty that are Chris and the bits of Tatty that, you know, are a pure projection and the bits that, you know, he's testing his own kind of worries and fears and personalities. And I think that that's really lovely for people. And I, I have to be, as a DM, respectful sometimes, I think, that I don't plough across <laughs> everything that everyone's trying to do in the name of jokes. Hmm. But it, it, I think it is lovely to see, and I, I really do hope there's people out there who hear this and and give it give it a go because um, I think it can be daunting for some mm. people too. And it's interesting to hear you've got a very similar story, um, Cal. To to myself, sounds like you come from an improv background. Yeah, I do. As an improviser, you taught yourself to suppress the instinct that says this might be crap and you just go it's a sketch it's a doodle it doesn't matter i'm going to put it out there and if no one laughs at it we'll scrunch it up and we'll throw it over our shoulder and we'll do something else in 10 minutes time but for a lot of people the fear of getting it wrong prevents them from having a go Mm, that's very true yeah and often with dnd as well you're doing it with people uh you may the first time you ever play with them is mm. is that's when you first meet them and then you're expected to improv and bounce off each other and stuff like that um and you can get a bit self-conscious and think oh is everyone having a good time am i talking too much and those things go on in your head as well but you're right just jump in and give it a go and if if uh, don't let the fear of being crap just um yeah because everyone's probably in the same boat you know and everyone just has has a laugh with it and uh because there's, there's so many, like, different definitions of what, like, I almost said there's so many different layers of crap then, but that didn't quite come out right. Like, <laughs> That's there's beautiful. so many different definitions of what you could, what you could like, judge yourself on. There's, like, like you said, there's the, like, role play aspects, and there's also, like, the the etiquette of being, like, oh, I don't want to talk too much. I don't want to take up other people's space. And then there's, like, the really crunchy mechanics of it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, step in shit on the rules i want to make sure that i'm getting things right as i go along but like you can like the way that i the way that i described it to like people that we people that had never played before and people that we convinced to come in and do like a one shot with us was like i got them on D beyond and they were starting to like freak out about all the numbers and stuff and i was just like don't like don't fucking worry about all that like mm-hmm. that's aj's problem like in the nicest in the nicest sense i said like you just like think about what you want to do all of this is like a system for him to filter it through like you just think about what you want to do and he will he'll like his crunchy 
math brain will make it work. Um, and I think that's like the, that's the, the best thing that you can tell new players is that like, it's super intimidating. It can look super intimidating and super daunting, but at the end of the day, like you are just thrown into a sandbox and, you know, asked what you want to do, which yeah. I mean, is, is it, is its own kind of intimidating. That sentence there. I mean, if someone asked me to uh, describe D and D thrown into a sandbox and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, I think, and just describe what you want to do. I think that's a brilliant way to describe it. Cause when you boil it down, that is essentially what it is. And you shouldn't let numbers intimidate you. I hate mm. maths. Maths mm. sucks. It's awful. I love, I, but what I do love is saying, I want to do this, that, or the other, you know, yeah. and seeing if I can do it. And the numbers is just the sort of, you know, side of it, the tool that's going to allow you to either do mm. that or not and create the narrative. That's it. That's yeah. what it is. And that's awesome. Yeah. I think so. And I think it, it's, it's, it's the ultimate aim of all of this is to have fun. Oh, yeah. Like, underneath it all, I think, you know, I've never, I'm very, very lucky in that I've never got in my head and thought, I really, you know, I don't feel like I'm burdened by the storyline. I feel like I'm burdened by the players, if that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) And the truth comes out. All right. Adventurers Anonymous (laughs) after dark. (laughs) What, What I meant is, What's important to me is not making a great storyline. It's having the players have fun, basically, and the storyline will come. And it's interesting that you say it weaves and it ebbs and it flows. And we've been very lucky. I've always got ideas in my mind. And sometimes the players let us go to those places. And, you know, we've recently, the, the recent episode is in a courtroom drama. I wrote that courtroom drama a year earlier. And they decided to break out of prison before they could get to it. Uh, there was It was before we aired our first episode, there was supposed to be a courtroom drama. But, you know, you pin it on a board and you, you come back to it uh, and you think, you know, maybe sometime. And, w- yeah, when I say, like, it's meandering stuff, I, 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 it, it's, it's a big compliment because it, you're doing that so your players can have fun and ultimately that's, that's what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to make sure everyone's smiling and happy. So the more you, you, you'll have great ideas and stuff and you're right. It'll, they might, you know, you can bring them up and you can circle them back around again, but the priority number one should always be, is everyone having fun? And um, if it's meandering and it has to do that to do so and create funny moments, you know, uh, what was that? There was one, uh, another thing that you guys did that made me laugh and I apologize. I forget who, who did it, but, Actually, I think it was Aristobulus. Aristobulus did. Um, <laughs> it's always Aristobulus. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was, um, oh, what was that character's name? I think it was Tavistock. Is that right? Yeah. yeah Tavistock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My memory's awful. I'm very impressed. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's one of the dwarves. And yeah, I think he did the, um, is it a command spell on it? but yes. didn't actually give a command. But for some reason, <laughs> then you just stripped him off. Like he, he got naked. Oh yeah. And, and there was, a, right. and then he just went <laughs> and um, I, I forget who it was just said, um, uh, like he goes off into the wilderness and it was, um, oh, oh, he's going to die out there. And that was it. That that was just left. <laughs> it's like, it was just, it was just this thing thrown. It was just really funny. Uh, I just walked <laughs> off naked into the wilderness. There's lots of bits like that. And I've obviously, it's interesting what you said earlier about how stressful it is being a, de- a, a dungeon master. And it kind of is. And there is a responsibility. And there's a certain part of the week you get to when you know you're playing on Thursday and it's Tuesday and you think, 
I've got to be there and I've got to be present for these people. And there's certainly bits on Thursday where you're worn out doing your day job and you're like, oh, dear Lord, I've still got to cook dinner and then try and find the enthusiasm. But it's always worth it mm. because then I've got a big Miro board with all the sort of names on little po- digital post-it notes of all these characters. And I look back at it and I'm like, that character is currently, I don't know, there was, there was famously a guy, um, I don't know if the listeners remember, he was called J-Peth. He was a um, glass blades took um, the party towards Pale Bank Village. And on the way, they were walking along some very treacherous mountain pass and Hanash threw a snowball at Belsiar, missed. And Belsiar kind of just shunts a dwarf and he just falls off a cliff and he just plummets like thousands of feet. And we never discover what happens to him. In It's it's kind of like, every time I look back at that, I imagine it as Liam Neeson in the grey. He's just kind of like... <laughs> He's just surrounded by wolves with a broken leg or something. But we'll we'll loop back round to him at some point. If they have snowballs, we're already dead. <laughs> <laughs> that idea is on the board, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You should circle back and use that, you know. And yeah, DMing is stressful. And yeah, I'm enjoying being a player in a few campaigns right now. But yeah, I will be DMing again at some point soon because it is you do get a lot out of it and seeing the smiles mm. and laughter Always. out of everyone. So, yeah, I totally get it. It's worth it. It is stressful, and I'm taking a break from it for now. But I will be doing it in the next few months, I'm sure. We look forward to that. One thing, love to pick your brains on. Right, sure. you are a voice actor. Mm-hmm. You record stuff. Uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about the kind of stuff you do? Yeah, I mainly do um, just uh, adverts and promos for things. There's one that's just – I've just done one, actually, for, for Homebrew Havoc, which is, I think – just released today by paul i think he's he's put it out which is like a brief history of of homebrew havoc and mm. that's me doing a posh voice over it and um but yeah it's it, voice acting is a tricky thing because um you can do as you can probably imagine it's very competitive uh everyone has got a voice that they can speak into a microphone um and no matter how good you are at it and how much you hone your craft if someone listening to it doesn't think that that is suitable for it or it's not quite the voice that they had in their head you probably won't get chosen and to do it and um you will do audition after audition after audition tape after tape after tape i've got um i mean my hard drive must be full surely by now just like takes and auditions and things and a few of them have come off and a few of them haven't you know and that's just how how it goes um uh you know, it, I, I, right now I couldn't do it as a, as a full-time thing. That would be amazing if I could one day because I like to think I'm very good at it and I, I produce it all myself and I make sure it fits well. And, you know, even down to things like, you know, if they provide music with it, you're doing certain things in time with it, uh, with the music, certain um, accentuating certain things that they want to be said. Um, and you know, if they've got text flying up on the screen, you want to, you know, announce that word as that word shows up and you want to time it all perfectly. So there's the production side of it as well, which I do myself for it. Um, you know, in terms of if anyone wants any promo done for anything, then by all means, give me a shout. Um, you know, and if, if, you know, if it's for a TTRPG thing, I'm happy to help you out and, and do stuff for you. So, uh, because everyone works really hard and, uh, you know, if it'll increase my portfolio as well. So just give me a shout if you want anything like that. I like to think I'm pretty damn good at it and I've been doing it for a long time with very degrees of success. Um, <laughs> but that's life, isn't it? And you just got to keep doing what you're doing and achieve your dreams at some point, hopefully. So 
outside of doing the promotional corporate side of things, what are you like DMing wise when it comes to accent work? Because my accent work is abysmal and there are no worse accents in my wheelhouse than the Welsh one, which I think the first episode I attempt to do the Welsh accent and butcher it. There's a tabaxi. Mm, they I use, remember that tabaxi. They try and yeah. read the thoughts of a tabaxi in a treehouse. And for some reason I thought Welsh. I don't know why. And my Welsh accent is abysmal. <laughs> How about you when you're DMing? Do you, do you have a safe list of accents you feel comfortable with? Or do you ever like go off piste and just try and nail a Geordie accent or something like that? Well, yeah, I've got a bit, a, a, a somewhat, I've got a repertoire I, I do of, of accents I love to do. My go-to is always like Scottish. Because I think everyone's just, age, isn't it? Because it it just it just suits, and you can really give some oomph behind it when you're doing it a Scottish through. accent. Yeah, it really cuts through. Um, <laughs> Hamish, for example, he does a Scottish accent. Um, I know. I, I think. Do all of your dwarf characters have a Scottish accent? Thank you for asking <laughs> that, Cal. I I'm, in my mind, all I think it's probably the Hobbit. All dwarfs are Billy Connolly. So like, it's like <laughs> Billy Connolly. <laughs> Like, I don't know what it, don't know what it is, but yeah, I, I sometimes think I should be braver or I should actually go away. I've never tried a Scouse accent <laughs> and I think maybe I should do try it. French. Every time I try French, Italian, they tell me like, I don't think you're as bad as you say you are. <laughs> I think you, you, you do it. You put on a good, a good go at it. And, um, I'd say it comes off more often than not. Definitely. Um, I think it's confidence over quality most of the time. I don't think I'll be booking any gigs anytime soon off the back of it, but I think <laughs> it's, it's very much, I think it's very much what we were talking about earlier. You just got to do it and you just got to try. And when people laugh, it's all part of the magic. When you suddenly realize your Indian, not Indian accent, but like, you know, you're going for a Welsh accent and it turns into like a Turkish or an Indian. Or you, it just meanders around the globe, the accent of this character. And you're like, the only one I've fundamentally discovered I cannot do properly is American. Uh, generic apologies to our US listeners. I know saying American is a bit wide. as mm. uh, There are many states with many wonderful accents, but um, I'm yet to isolate a single state in the United States, which I can comfortably do an accent of without it turning into an absolute shit show. So it's a, it, American is actually a tricky one to do. Um, it's, um, it's quite, it, it's very easy to overdo. Mm. If you know what I mean, there's certain point, there's certain flexes in, 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 in certain words that you, you tend to exaggerate when you're doing American, um, voices uh i mean there's all the like little tricks to like little things little things you pick out from different accents and things um uh that you'll notice but you're right to say just give it a go because who's to say that um whatever character it might be doesn't have a, a, an american accent that suddenly diverts into australian you know, so what? It's a fancy world. It's a fantasy world. Just because all the dwarfs are Scottish. And I think the important thing to stress is, and we, <laughs> talk, we talked about this a little bit in our Q&A session the other day, um, that we tried to rope you into, but unfortunately you were unavailable at the time. I apologise. Yeah, that's all right. You, you can come along to the next one. The important thing to remember is there's a world of difference between attempting an accent and being offensive. And when you're doing something genuinely 
in a make-believe universe and there is absolutely no intent to be offensive and you're not mocking somebody, I don't think there is a huge problem with you attempting to do an Irish accent or something like that. You're not parodying, you're not lampooning that culture. You're trying to find a, 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 a differential between the a thousand characters you've got to do. And again, you say you're, you're, my, my default is always West Country, like, um. All right there. All right, my lover. The, uh, the pre stream days when the party was in Port Marley, <laughs> like, a, a, like a solid 90% of the NPCs there were all West Country. It was great. And, and that's brilliant. And that yeah. accent suits it. Look at the Hobbit and Lord of the Rigs. It's yeah, just it the way it is. Uh, and, and they are, they are used for that reason. And there's a reason they're used. And that is because they sound awesome and they mm. really suit it. But yeah, I, I get it. I, I understand it. It, it. You do often have, um, you know, that you can't help but think that what well, is it going to be offensive if I do this voice? But it's, it's a, fantasy world you're one person who has to differentiate as you said thousands of npcs or in my case thousands of pcs because they keep dying <laughs> and it's just like yeah i mean you've got you've i think it I, I do i think i think it's all right i mean as long as you're not like i don't know stereotyping or whatever i i i, I do think it's an accent's an accent and it's not meant in any it's not meant in a racist way or anything. It's it's a fantasy world, and you need to differentiate somehow. And the best way to for a character to remember, oh, that's they've got this accent, they've got this accent. You try and remember um, every NPC you've ever done or what accent they've done. You've got to differentiate them. I've got a Miro board with all their accents on. Yeah, I, and again, one of my favourite bits about doing it is the panic when some absolute knob socket like. Chris will be like, oh, I need to know who this... You, you've basically got someone in the background of your sketch. And he's like, right, tell me about them. And I'm like, crap. And then I'd like, what accent? So we had a we had a, um, a turtle, mm-hmm. a giant sort of man-sized turtle. And I just panicked. And I gave him like a Midwest Texan... Simic. Simic, yeah. I just gave Simic the turtle this kind of like, well, kind of accent. I didn't mean to. I just panicked in the moment, but the magic of the reaction that you get of people, you're like, okay, I'll stick with that then. Yeah. In the same way, I never, I never meant Skarl to be German. He just sort of became German. And there Mm -hmm. was something inherently funny about Chris going all the way to the end of this narrative for this terrifying enemy who has given him PTSD and him having this kind of very soft, German voice. I think it was uh, Damn You Bojangles, you were saying in a strong... Damn You Bojangles. That was it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it adds flavour to it, and it, 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 it works, and it's memorable then. I mean, it, it's, it's all too easy to say, like, oh, you shouldn't do that, and you shouldn't do that, but it's a fantasy world, and it's never meant in any malice or anything. It just makes no? it memorable. I mean, yeah, there's some do's and don'ts, but, I mean, <laughs> a German accent? Um, I don't think fine. anybody. I don't, and and they would be interested to 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 hear our listeners' views on that. To be honest, hmm. yeah, I think I think the most important thing is to have fun, take a few risks, and and you know what? The best thing is we always forget. Most people don't record it. Mm. Most people are just sitting around the kitchen table with their friends. There's zero like that's a very safe space. In theory, mm-hmm. what we're doing is slightly less safe because there's an infinite number of people out there. And I'm often reminded 
I know we're going to go a bit all over the place here. I forget sometimes that people actually listen to this thing. And then uh, one time I was on the Twitter and uh, some bloke, I think he was in Brazil, was like, I'm retiling my bathroom and I'm listening to you. And I was like, wow. Like, That's awesome. We are a part of someone's actually world. listen to this yeah. nonsense because I sort of live in the moment. And yeah. uh, I'm very lucky that I can do that. I forget. People, yeah. it's actually... I know, and, and you know, we're a very small podcast, and we have at the moment uh, a lovely small following of people who are very faithful to us, and we're very lucky to have that. But yeah, it's easy to forget sometimes. And actually, I'd highly recommend anybody who just plays around the table with their mates have a have a go at doing funny accents. There's nothing to lose. Like differentiate your characters. My um, my absolute favorite thing, like. The times when when AJ can't make it or like if we've got less people than usual coming for a a weekly game, I'll sub in as DM and do like Ooh. a one shot. My absolute favorite thing is is like creating the bare bones of these characters like for the players and then thinking, oh, what accent is Matt going to do? What accent is Chris going to do? What accent is Chanel going to do? Because everyone, everyone commits. Like it's not just AJ who does it all the time and like every every other week. Yeah. Anytime I create a character and then give them to someone, they completely change my expectations of like what that character was supposed to be. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's a beautiful it's a role playing game, isn't it? At the yeah. end of the day. And mm. you're gonna take on a role, whatever. And it's the imagination that makes it, isn't it? So Everyone's brain's different. Everyone's got a different way of doing things. 100%. And speaking of different brains, I mean, AJ, like what I find about your descriptive work, like the way you describe things. So it, something completely unpredictable would happen. Mm. But then you're really good at very quickly pulled out of nowhere, just like describing, um, you know, the, the sounds, the smells, what it looks like, the actions being taken, the, 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 the things that happen. How, I mean, it just how did you become so good at that? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. It's <laughs> because... really kind of you to say, how did I become that? Well, without being too boring and wanky, I read a lot of fantasy as a kid. Uh, I've always been a big reader. My mum worked for publishers as we were growing up. So there were just bookshelves in our house everywhere. And luckily to this day, I still read a lot. So I'm always reading different authors, different viewpoints and the descriptions I'm very lucky that I've got a very creative imagination. It's a blessing and a curse, really, because um, uh, I can create a world. And if I close my eyes and you ask me to picture a ship, I'll literally have all the, you know, planks missing and stains down the side and barnacles and all that stuff, which is great. But then what we've got going on at the moment, as I'm sure the listeners are aware, what's happening in the Ukraine, not that I'm going to make this political, it's very hard to switch that off when I'm acute. You then, it becomes when you know there's suffering and hurt, mm-hmm. you can see it and feel it in your imagination. And so it is a blessing and a curse in disguise. Mm. Do you know what? The honest, boring answer is practice. I think, I can't think, there, there wasn't a, I, I think you just have to take risks yeah. and, and, and try and be descriptive. I mean, I've, I've, I've always wanted to write a book and stuff like that. I think probably I have, <laughs> I could probably do it if I found the time and the motivation, but D and D to me is the perfect blend of 
So I had to stop doing improv at various points for life commitments and then COVID. So I stopped performing on stage. And I used to love just getting on stage completely sober without a script or anything and just entertaining people. And when I couldn't yeah. do that, D&D was just this perfect opportunity to just make shit up in midair and just be like, I'm going to put this out there. And if it doesn't fit, they're going to tell me pretty quickly what they want to do. And then, you know, I don't know our listeners know too much about improv, but one of the most well-known f- rules of improv is yes anding. So if somebody tells you something, the first thing you say is no. Like you, you say, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, right. So if someone says there's an angry dog, you're not like, no, isn't it? It's a cat. You're <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the dog's furious. You know, it's a German shepherd and it's you know, saliva coming off its fangs and it's low to the ground and... And so you're building on it, but then you give them back that as a gift and you're just passing each other the gifts backwards and forwards. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I've done years of exercises with people learning to, I don't know how this became about me. It's supposed to be about you, Cal. I mean, I'm more, you know, I'm interested because I, at the end of the day, I listen to you guys and, uh, (laughs) you know, just, uh, it, it impresses me. So please, please carry on. I remember in an improv class I did, uh, a friend of mine, Ryan, invited me to to an improv class and um, I thought I'd go for a bit of a laugh and it turned out to be hugely transformative in my life. He talks about when you learn an improv, you have to switch off the instinct that's baked into all of us growing up that you don't say the first thing that comes into your mind, that you don't say something stupid, you don't say something wrong and that you consider everything. And unfortunately in improv, there isn't enough time for that. So you have to kind of go in your gut, but your gut isn't necessarily overriding everyone else. You've got to learn. So this is a bit weird, very weird example. I can't mm. play a musical instrument to save my life. But as far as I'm aware, and somebody please tell me if I'm wrong, when you play the, when you play the trumpet, you're doing cyclical breathing, I think. You're breathing in and blowing out at the same time to play a trumpet. Could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe I just improv that. I play guitar a little bit. Like I don't know anything about cyclical breathing. I think with improv, when you're going quite fast, you have to be listening and you really have to be listening, not just trying to be funny. You're trying to make other people funny. So you're, yeah. that's the main aim. If you make other people funny, they'll make you funny. And that's how improv works. You're not looking for the big line. Mm. You're looking to give somebody the gift. You're almost setting it up. You're throwing them the ball and they're going to knock it out of the ball. But- For example, um, everyone's getting a horse, but there's a cow in there. <laughs> yeah. and carry on take it away oh the others are full (laughs) so that interestingly because i have to listen back to the the when i edit it that wasn't my idea someone in the party mentioned it and i was like sure why not do it yeah why not and you can imagine like a spaghetti western with you know these four or five amigos riding out one of them on a little on on a cow or something Mm. like that um but no, it's really, really kind of you to say. I, I do feel lucky. But then I've, I've always been, my, uh, my partner describes me as a show pony. And I think D&D gives me the opportunity to do that, but it makes other people happy. And that's. Yeah. It's like, it's an opportunity to do that and to kind to go off what you were saying before. It's, it's like, it's like active listening. It's not like listening to respond or like listening to like, get one like not get one over on someone but to like one up someone it's listening to it's listening to understand and to support and moving you know moving the kind of collective 
call it narrative for D&D, but like if you think about it with improv, it would be like moving the moving the, the joke along or moving the scene along. With D&D, it's moving the narrative along. It's just an exercise in give and take and supporting each other, really. Very much. What's being respectful of characters? And I think, you know, you know as much as anyone. It sounds like you've had quite a few um, character deaths. You really do get attached to your character. It's a bit of a, a not a trope, but a, a well-known thing. D&D sounds like just a load of silliness and whatever, but when you get that message that say somebody's not available and you can't play this week, you're more oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. The worst that. feeling. The, the, everyone says that the, you know, the big bad of uh, D&D is scheduling. That's just the way it is. Just life. It's, life is oh, the life is the main enemy. It re- really is. I mean, if if you could live in a fantasy world twenty four seven, bloody hell, I, I would do it, no problem. You know. Um, yeah. But it's just unfortunately. <laughs> this is why this is why when you know, like, if there's like I said, like if there's not enough of us to like to play, or if AJ can't make it, like my fallback option to just having my Thursday nights doing nothing is I'll try and whip up a one-shot at short notice. Uh, yeah. Sometimes Ooh. it works. Sometimes, you know. I mean, I don't yeah. think I've had a horrible one so far. I'm trying to think if there's... No! We, no, did record, no. we did record one, didn't we? That was the um, the brewery one. The one with the... Um, what was it called? The Brew Fit for a King. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's out there. That worked um, well. I play a really obnoxious Scottish halfling or something like that, I think. I think it has so many implications, like learning confidence, learning escapism, learning try now character dynamics. Like the way you talk to someone in D&D might not be the way you would ever talk to a human being. You can kind of like be brave with no consequences. You know, if you don't feel brave in yourself, in D&D, pick up a bloody axe and run at an owlbear or something like that, you know. If you had that situation in real life, you you know each of us would probably be the last person to do that. But in D and D, you know you can step into someone else's boots yeah. with very little confidence, and I think that is, and I think that has bigger consequences beyond the game. Certainly, I know a lot of people who would say it's given them more confidence to like pitch at work and stuff like that. You know, go and stand in front of a board of yeah. people and and pitch an idea at them. You know, for a concept you've got. You can learn those skills just playing D and D, preferably in full costume as well. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dress yeah. up as a knight as you're pitching for the uh, the next quarter. You know, so. <laughs> all, my, all my line managers hate me because I say if I have to do a presentation, I'm I'm dressing up as a as a gnome ranger. Oh, brilliant! Please, do. <laughs> <laughs> Please you should incorporate that into an episode. They the the gang has to do a business meeting of sorts oh, and present something. The gang. That, that, that would be Crookbooker's former design agency. <laughs> uh, I've got I've got so many ideas and I can't obviously say them all because Chris has ruined it for Chris. But yeah, clearly there's a Mad Men spin-off at some point. <laughs> yeah. Right, Cal, before we leave you, what's your favorite adventurer's anonymous character or NPC? Um, really any of the cast by picking one favorite. Then you know. I, I, well, I I I I poor why not? I'll just say it. I think Tatty's great. Oh, you don't have to say that because I'm because I'm here. I all you guys are great. Like, really, it, it's such an entertaining listen. Um, it 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 just is that like, you guys really gel. Um, there's you know there's a few actual plays out there, um, but when you can tell everyone really gels and and everyone's on the, the same page and it really shines through. Uh, I just think um, you know. Every, 
that I, I can't recommend you guys highly enough. They're really, it's, it's, it's such a good laugh listening to you. Um, such a nice you know. thing to say. I mean, like when we, I think it was when we first started recording, AJ, you might have to check me on the timings there, but I remember it was just before Chanel joined us mm-hmm. and her character got introduced. I think it was a, an episode or two before that. She was kind of in the background listening in to one of our recordings and I was I was a little bit nervous because not because like someone else was listening to us but for me it was like we had we had been playing for a little while before we started recording and my thinking was yes we are all funny to each other and we obviously have a good dynamic yeah as like as like a group of people my concern was that it was just becoming like an echo chamber and we were all laughing at each other's jokes because we all have the same or, you know, different deg- within different degrees of the same taste. And we all find a lot of the same things quite entertaining. And then when Chanel was on the, like, I could literally see, like, Chanel, like, sat in the background of AJ's camera, just, like, gone laughing at the same bits Ooh. that we were, like, falling apart at. And I was like, we we might have something good here. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you do. Uh, genuinely you do. I, I think... Um, there's there's different DMs and different players with different styles. Some people like to do really serious campaigns, which mm. are, which are you know are good as well. I mean, when I started, it was it was mainly using it for comedy, and mainly still is. But mm. um, but it's become more than that, and and it's you know it's all the the important you know hard hitting themes that we discussed earlier have come through as well. And you know you get really invested in stories, you get really invested in characters, you get in in everything and so yeah what started as uh just you know doing it for a laugh turned into wow this is a big world full of um everything you could need genuinely mm. um and yeah but yeah I, honestly you guys is, is so so funny all the, the stuff you guys oh, do so thank you yeah. very much no no problem at all it's, it's um, nice to, nice to... do you know what some weeks it's hard to keep going you know you sort of think no one's particularly there's weeks where you get lots of listeners there's weeks where you get fewer listeners uh but to you know hear encouragement like that really kind of like helps us push on and we we want to keep doing this for as long as possible and keep inventing great characters yeah and mostly just having fun and if nothing else, I really hope that everything you do and everything we do gives permission to people who are just starting out to take their first steps, to take risks and to, you know, if nothing else, you know, go to your local game store, buy a starter set of D&D for whatever it is, 20 quid, I think, and uh, go and have a D&D evening with your mates. Like there's nothing to lose and it is so much fun. And I think, you know, if the thing with D&D, and I always say, and I'm going off on another tangent here, those memories you make, it's a bit like improv, you make these special memories that are so specific to that moment in that time that, they're, you know, you, you, you talk about them years later. Do you remember the time Tatty milked a cow or something like that? Like, they really are these wonderful memories. They don't mean anything individually. They only mean things to the, all the people who came together to make that moment uh, and they really do draw you together, uh, which I think something, you know, in, in today's society is we need more reasons to be community. Yeah. I think D&D is a wonderful place to do that. 
Yeah, I think if I was um, if I was ever the best man at a fellow player's wedding or something, I would just say, "Oh, do you remember when so and so did that? Do you remember when so and as if it actually happened in real life and yeah. see what everyone's reaction is?" Yeah, I think that I'd love to do that one day. Make it sound yeah. like the weirdest stag party ever. Yeah, <laughs> do you remember when you were riding that cow and uh, you know all that <laughs> stuff? Yeah. When that German guy was mouthing off at you after you'd been chasing <laughs> him, for, chasing him for years, and then you killed him. Like what? And the floating spectral penis. Ah, oh, the stuff. floating spectral penis. Yeah, that's one of the things. One of the things, but one of the thoughts I will leave us with is we're just getting into commissioning people now to draw the artwork, and we've had some wonderful stuff. Uh, Alain Bonif has done some of our artwork and hopefully we'll get her on here as a guest. And I've discovered that I've been pronouncing her name wrong for the last three months. But um, the, the the giant spectral phallus is the one that gives me the most amount of concern getting artwork drawn as I'm very particular about the kind of artwork I like. But the chances of me finding somebody who is both comfortable drawing giant spectral phalluses and the kind of artist that I want is a Venn diagram that I don't think will ever come together. But we'll, we'll, we'll find out. You want to look at like um, my uh, school planner? You know how many penises would would have been drawn on that when I was in school? <laughs> it's like super bad. I was just about to say it's just like super bad. Yeah, yeah. I guess you can get so... the veins just right. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> right, and on that wonderful mental image, I'm not sleeping properly tonight. Jesus Christ, Cal! Thank you very much for coming along. Before we let you go, what words of wisdom have you got for our listeners? Have you got any last words of encouragement or? Uh... Well, above all, give give D and D and go a go if you're not if you haven't given it a go. Um, but there's a few people I want to shout out uh, if that's all right. Absolutely, you. please do. Um, um, Abyssal Brews, who's providing a lot of the stuff for um, mm. uh, the homebrew havoc, um, uh, burnt coin, and uh, Derek from DMDM. It, there's so many, there's so many amazing people in the TCRPG community on Twitter and beyond, and. Um, you know who you are. A lot of people interact with me and I will continue to do my best to promote everyone's stuff. And, uh, you know, but yeah, check out homebrew havoc is what I can say. Um, Absolutely. you guys included, I mean, pitch in, I'll send you one into the discord server. Please do. We'll get a big thing going. It's a big community project. Um, but words of wisdom, just play D and D and have fun. Just do it. Come on. Absolutely. <laughs> If a, couple of, if a couple of dickheads like me and AJ can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> Just <laughs> do, it. Can do it. Cal, what's your Twitter handle? Where can people find you? It is at C Lee D and D. That had quite a nice like intonation as you said it. Then that was good. What's going to say? Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the voice acting for you. See, that's <laughs> that's where it all pays off. You can't teach it. You can't <laughs> teach it. It's natural, right, Cal? Thank you very much for well, coming along. You. Having a little chat with us, I feel like it's been a great experience just actually sharing some of the stories, discovering that actually we come from different backgrounds, but actually a lot of the things that bring us together in this community, you know, are are so common and so similar. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter what side of the planet we come from. It doesn't matter what kind of day we've had. Like, I think there's so much in this community to bring us together. So thank you very much. And look, the big welcome to come on as a guest star. What I want to do at some point, Cal, is just surprise the players. Like They'll be playing along and I'll be like, this sinister character walks in and then you'll pop up on the squad cast screen or something like that. So I'd love I'd love to do that um, anytime. Just Excellent. We'll have to leave it long enough so that Chris forgets. I was going to say, I'm, I'm pretty good at keeping 
keeping stum to the other guys. So uh, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to spring it on someone, anytime he describes a character now, I'm going to be like, where the fuck's Cal? Where's he gone? <laughs> well, yeah, we, we'd love to come on as guests. Yeah. If anything you've got going on. Amazing. Right. Well, look after yourself and hopefully we'll, we'll drag you back on for a proper Q and a with the rest of the cast at some point. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks very much. Good to see you, Cal. Hello, Pod. It's AJ again. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate you tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fucknuggetry. We hope you've enjoyed this interview as much as we have making it. And for any TTRPG content creators out there who didn't catch it in the interview, why not pop over to Homebrew Havoc and join in all the collaborative fun there? Since recording this interview, I'm happy to say we've got involved there too, so keep an eye out for that. Now, assuming you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing another episode again? Better yet, give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you're on and help spread the word of our shenanigans far and wide. As ever, for all the latest news and updates, we can be found on the socials, on Twitter, at AdventurersANO1. Also on Facebook, Instagram, and at adventurers-anonymous.com, where you can find a smorgasbord of material from us. And it goes without saying that, if you truly are unlucky, you too may also one day find yourself being interviewed on this very podcast. So that just leaves us time to say a huge goodbye from Chris and myself. We'll see you next week. And remember, happy adventuring, my friends. Stay tipsy. Stay tipsy.